the past and the future don't exist. Like, you know, it's kind of implied with the whole present talk we've been talking about for the past two years, right? All this shit is implied, but it's like him saying it today. It was like the way he said it in a different way, and that hit me. Kind of like, same like with a meeting. You know, I've heard the keep coming back a thousand times, right? Well, so one of these days somebody said it, well, you just keep coming to these meetings and you just keep like just saying it in a different way different wording and it's like oh my god this is it you know and hearing that the past and the future do not exist they simply are not here they simply are not happening homie told you a million times the present moment is all there is and there is only right now but then when he says there is no past or future, like, what? What does that leave me with? Huh? Wait, wait. This whole time, you were telling me presence is all there is. I'm like, yeah, but now you're telling me. All right, all right, all right. My technological IT computer brain works by process of elimination. Okay? Hell yeah. I don't know what is there until I know what's not there. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is until I know what the problem isn't. It's just so cool that, like, (laughs) that same statement, it's like, it's kind of like how he's saying, you know, I'm angry and there is anger in me or I'm experiencing anger. Mm -hmm. It's like you're saying the same thing, but you're not. So it's like the present moment, all there is, you're focused on the present. So you're just like, okay, presence is the key, presence is the key, presence is the key. But then other things are still there. And that should imply that the past and present, or past and the future are not what there is. Because if you're saying the present moment is all there is, it's implied that obviously that that is not is. But like, hearing the words past and future is not is, specifically, can make you like remember it because before it's just like presence is the only word getting flagged now Mm -hmm. past and future are getting flagged for you because he said it in that way so when you're in the past boom flag when you're in the future boom flag and that's why i do what i do like if i want to dwell on the past because i want to like look for a pattern or figure something out i'll fucking do it like it's fine i have memories for a reason i just like remember that i don't live there and and it and it can't control me and it shouldn't you know, suck me in. Same with the future. If you want to plan things, if you want to, like, imagine how things might be, if you want to run scenarios, if you want to dream, fucking go for it. Like, have fun. Do it all day. But, like, if it's causing you problem, if, if, if you find it hard to get out of it, that's the problem. And then it's like, we should be able to control where we go and when and why. And not just run away and escape the present to the past and the future. Or, you know, look back at the past like, oh, that sucked, so my, you know, future is going to suck. Or, I feel bad now because of the past, and I can't wait to get to this future point that I'll feel better at. Because that's all false. Like, you will only feel better right now. Like, and it's become, it's coming out of your head and getting into right now. And, like, that's such an important concept to grab. It's one that people with a lot of addiction and mental health problems can't fathom. And hearing these words, are, they're probably like, that's bullshit. And, and yeah, if, if you're not at a place where you feel able and willing and capable,
it is possible, and, and man, it's so fucking dope when you get there. That's the end of my speech. Yeah, talking about the whole mental health problem thing, um, it's, it's one of them things that I'm still, like, confused on, because it's like, well, I don't know if I'm necessarily confused, but it's like, you have to first learn about your mental health issues. Right. And you have to figure them out. And you have to get to a place of acceptance with them before you try to uh, focus on this like present moment stuff. You can try to. You can try to work on that in parallel to working on your mental health problems, which I can't really say how I managed it. Because um, I think it was just a little bit of this here and there and sometimes I would trail off into like all my mental health stuff and sometimes present stuff but it's like it's it's definitely harder and this never gets discussed about how it is harder when you have mental health problems and those people are I totally understand when they say like they can't or it's hard or it's crazy like Especially if they don't really understand the concept, right? I at least understand the concept, but I can't, I couldn't do it because of all the shit in the way, you know? Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's not easy for anybody to just hear these words and be like, oh, I'm just going to be in the present all the time now, and I'm going to go there wherever I want with a flip of a switch, right? And I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, it can, we can, like, kind of think that that's the way it should be and then compare our experience to someone else's and say I'm doing it wrong or I'm not capable for these reasons, right? Now, I'm not saying at all that people with mental health disorders don't have their challenges, right? I'm saying, though, too, that this can work with anybody. Like, you know... No, I know it did. I'm not saying it doesn't... uh, This isn't a counter to your point. This is just to kind of add on to it. Like... These things are almost the remedy for that because, you know, I had a client who was just so stuck on like, I have trauma, I have these, I have reasons, I have this, right? Valid. You have experiences that haunt you and you have, you know, but telling yourself that that story is true, right? Just just follow me here and, and detach from any perspective that this has to do with just mental health, right? Anybody telling themselves a story that like I can't because of you're you're done. You're already done. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? If you're like if I'm like, "Hey, like you know, walk through this door and, and you're going to feel great because on the other side of this door is greatness," right? And you're like, "I can't go through that door because it's not going to feel great." You know, I'm not able to get through that door. You know, you're not even going to try to get through the door. You're not. And even if you go in the door and don't feel great, you're just going to be like, see, I don't feel great. And you're going to leave. Like, that's probably a horrible metaphor or example. But, like, I've just seen it in a lot of people where they, they don't even try because they're convinced it's not going to work. And I know it because I was that person. 
where every time they're like ground yourself and center and blah 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 like bullshit it's not gonna work oh here see i touched the chair it didn't work see oh wow i feel it on my fingers i'm so fucking centered like i seriously would do that and i would believe that it would not work for me because i didn't even try it i never tried 10 minutes worth of grounding before i wrote it off as bullshit and I really believed that and all my thoughts backed it up and my obviously didn't get any better you know but so I only say that to say I, I, I don't know if it's the mental health disorder that's making someone unable to even give something a shot I, I think a lot of that is choice too I think a lot of it is just attachment to the story and maybe the mental health disorders make the voices louder and yes. more believable and I know that's the thing however it, it, it can also apply more effort to these people I hope you try not to take this personally like I'm talking about you um, that just more effort may be required on that part you know what I'm saying like I, I don't know I feel like I was trying to just generally talk about it I feel like somehow I got the indirectly feeling like you think I'm talking about you, so I'm going to stop. Well, so for me, the reason why I brought it up is because for me, like, I have been giving it a shot for a long time, and when I would get into a triggered state, it's like, I know I'm in a triggered state, and I know that this presence technique exists and I want to do it so bad and I'm trying but the voices like you said you put it perfectly are so loud and so believable it feels impossible right like it feels like I am straight up just it's like it's like a really horrible feeling I just can't shake no matter what so I guess the main thing I guess the main point I'm kind of answering my own question here is uh, trying to practice these things in a non-triggered state making sure to get better at them during that one of my BPD books said, uh, strike while the iron is still cold. So catch it before you really unravel the whole shitstorm. Right. So like, I had someone in mind when I was saying all that, but it wasn't you. Okay. Um, this person is convinced that it won't work for them and their whole narrative is spun around it like so I want to start by saying you from what you've told me have come from a similar place back in the day and you have been able to achieve a lot of these things like you have been able to you know get on board with the things Eckhart Tolle talks about oh yeah you have put in effort like your therapist gives you homework you fucking do it you know what I mean like you hear about a workbook that's gonna help you with BPD you go buy it and you fucking work on it you know what I mean like that's what I'm saying this other person and I'm not trying to just talk about this person because this is a very common thing among, amongst a lot of people 
they already are convinced it won't work, so they don't even buy the book. They don't even look up to see how much it costs. If they get it given to them, they don't open it. They don't do the homework because they're telling themselves it's not gonna work. So like, that's where, like, what he's talking about is this point of desperation and this, like, suffering. You haven't suffered enough, obviously, because when I've suffered enough, I got to a point where, when I went to rehab, I was like, I'll fucking go to a meeting, damn it. I will, all right, tell me to listen, I'm gonna fucking listen. Even if I sat there thinking it's bullshit, I'm gonna fucking try. I even went to church and I was like done with anything spiritual. And like, I was just at a point where I'm like, this other shit ain't working. You know what I mean? So something has to work. And it sucks that it takes that point. You know, it's like me sitting here telling somebody who hasn't hit their desperation point that that's gonna motivate them doesn't make them skip the road it takes to get there you know what i mean like some people will some people might you know hear something oh let me back off before it gets crazy before i lose my kids or some shit you know like get a divorce but like some people nah you need that fucking divorce homie like you need to fucking go through some pain of not seeing your kids like when i didn't see my kids i heard their voices in the other room like i was fucked my mind got fucked up and like i still did drugs for a while and it was just why do I look like the road ended right there? I'm like, I'm gonna die. See those lights? I'm just gonna fucking die. Um, well, maybe you need that death. <laughs> right? Maybe terrible. I need that death to fucking wake up. <laughs> um, but nah, like... So, like, I just hope people are willing to try. And, like, when you hear those thoughts and they sound convincing and loud, learn to tell yourself to ignore them. Like remind yourself that they're not real, even if the even if the voice of you telling yourself they're not real is quiet and the other ones are loud. Even if you say it, still you'll hear it. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes you just have to tell yourself like a million times, "I am not my thoughts. I am not my thoughts." And that doesn't mean you're just gonna feel present and happy right after. That just means you're exercising that muscle, like. You know, and then after a while it feels good and it works and you're able to get yourself into the present moment and away from like negative thought patterns. You're away, you're able to work yourself through triggers and cravings. Oh man, what a great feeling. I feel great. And then some days it just fucks you. It just bends you over and you're done. There's nothing that fucking works but not using, you know what I mean? But just not fucking giving in and you're gonna have a shitty day and your thoughts are gonna suck ass and you're just gonna feel like constant physical anxiety, but you'll survive it, you know what I mean? Like you just don't use on those days. And you still try the tools, maybe they work after like a thousand tries, but maybe they don't. But you still don't have to use because maybe you wake up tomorrow and that gratitude list works, you know what I mean? Like, and you just had a fucky day. And then you got one in the bank that says, hey, I can survive even a, you know, a real shitty day like that. Wanted to add to something. I want to back up way back to what you were saying because <laughs> you said a lot. Um, so that person you're talking about, where they believe it doesn't work for them, there is a when somebody says that something doesn't work for them, it's it's a way to defend the whatever is happening to them. So like, 
this doesn't work for me and I'm not going to try this. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. Um, I'm special. There's something especially wrong with me. And that, saying that to themselves, mostly, mainly, secures whatever is in place to stay. And the reason why they want to secure it to stay is because, one, it's all they know and it's all they think they deserve, and two is it hasn't fucked them enough yet, like you said. They haven't reached that point of suffering with it. So, like you were saying, they need to suffer more. Like Eckhart Tolle was saying tonight, they need to suffer more. And that's the hard, cold truth. So, you can take somebody who, for example, I don't know, Mark, who relapsed quite a few times, would come back. You know, the first time he relapsed, he was like, well, this doesn't work for me. Right. And then he came back eventually after, like, the 30th time. He got fucked up enough and he said, please let me, tell me anything, I will do anything. Yeah, he always would say, I'd stand on my head in the corner if you told me to. I'd play golf. That's what he said. I'd yeah. fucking golf, man. Yeah. I wanted it that bad. Yeah, because <laughs> when you want something bad enough, you are ready to do anything. And right. when you don't, you're going to try to secure it. You're, you're going to try to defend it. That shit. So, but going back to me. Me. I, I know what all this shit, it doesn't work for me and I want to keep trying and I have layers upon layers because I'm especially fucked up <laughs> and um especially I know, I know, I know, I know but I'm willing to try it and I've been willing to try it but I guess my, like I answered to myself the key thing here is is it's kind of like a panic attack once it starts, you cannot stop it it's like a fucking volcano blowing up and spewing shit everywhere. So I have to I have to do something before that volcano starts. Because once it starts going, like it's not gonna stop. So making sure that I don't get my triggers get out of hand. And so but even somebody like me who will try everything, who will try to break everything down, who will I can still, in my triggers, I can't, I literally, I forget everything I've ever known about any tools, once the trigger gets bad enough. Um, By the grace of God, recently, I think it's because of the medication I'm on, I've been able to somehow some way just stop crying and just kind of and just kind of get up and do something else yeah you've been pretty good lately I still need to cry I still need to break down yeah but but it hasn't been like hitting you knocking you to your knees like it used to yeah so yeah I guess I have been doing better I, I, I always like been focusing on all the worst times I've had but lately I've been having way, way, way better time. But it, I can't take the credit. It's it's mostly probably my medication, but... I would say it's a combination of both. Whoops, I didn't mean to do that. Can I, can 
I take the spotlight off yes. for a minute and say something about yes. desperation? Yes. Alright, so I just thought of this. I thought it was kind of cool. So, like, at, in the beginning, it's desperation to find another way. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to live like this anymore, right? Yep. And as we know, being in recovery for a while, the pain fades. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the very vivid picture of what daily life and addiction fades. Like at a first step meeting, I can reflect on certain key points and get glimpses of how it was and be reminded. But the desperation fades. So what keeps us sober now? The desperation to keep actual like serenity. You know what I mean? Like if you quit, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. if you quit and you just kind of middleman it, if you just kind of hang out in the middle of the road where you don't really adapt, you don't, you don't adjust and get any like spiritual principles and actual serenity and you're just abstaining from use and you're still kind of like in your head and you're still resentful and you're still whatever dabbling here and there fucking toxic like you're not gonna have that serenity desperation you're just gonna have the desperation to not get fucked up and then when shit hits the fan life becomes life and you feel like checking out you're gonna think about getting fucked up because you're only gonna have like the smallest, vaguest memories of what your active addiction was really like. Unless, I mean, some people have very hard-coded, like, memories, but I'm telling you, I forgot some of the worst shit, you know, and I, I forget what that insanity felt, feels like, unless I'm with another addict sharing at a first step meeting or, or in relation to where they're stepping freshly out of. I don't think about it when I talk about it with my using friends because they're only talking about good times, you know, but when I'm talking to a fresh addict, I, I kind of remember, but that desperation for serenity, once you get a fucking taste of it, like I'm an addict and I want that shit, you know what I mean? And I want to do what I got to do to keep it. I don't go yeah. like acting like a crackhead every single day to like get it at its peak, but like... I definitely want it when life hits the fan and I'm like feeling sorry for myself or like a victim or whatever, man. Like I have more desperation to get my serenity back because I know it exists. I know it's possible and I know what it takes to get me there. So I'll drive halfway across the country to go see the goat to get a little shred of it. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> you know, or I'll go to that meeting or I'll you know, do these fucking podcasts or, or whatever, like, anything that could bring me, like, a sense of purpose, meaning, hope, and serenity, like, I'm all about it, so. I'm so glad you said that, because it's like, I was gonna start talking about how it's like, yeah, we hit a point of suffering, and we hit a spiritual awakening, aka recovery, but then what then? Because the... The intensity of finding something new... AKA finding like a new way of life, therefore recovery, the intensity of that feeling, it's like way stronger when you find something new rather than maintaining something, right? Right. But it's like, in a way, it kind of turns into a habit because that's how, because you got to form a habit after and get into the habit of going to meetings and doing the usual, like calling your sponsor, helping other addicts, you know, this and that. 
thought, I like how you called it desperation to keep the serenity, which is like maintaining serenity. And I kind of noticed, or I was, I thought it was really cool earlier today when you were talking about your friend and how going to his house and stuff. <laughs> and before I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, let's go to his house, let's chill, let's fucking whatever. But now I'm like, well, if there's a chance that I will smell or see weed, seaweed, seaweed. <laughs> avoid that because I would rather keep my serenity not that I would relapse from it not that I would do anything dumb or it would just I I would know it would not make me feel good it would just make me feel triggered or a little bit you know irritated or I know it would not give me a good feeling so I guess maintaining serenity is prioritizing serenity because serenity can always be there. It's whether or not you prioritize it or not in your life, in your day-to-day life. So, I nowadays, I prioritize it. So, whatever, whatever it is that I have the impulse to do that seems cool right now in the moment, a speed trap. No, I know. I almost. I was only going like 73. I, I'm just letting you. Um, what, whatever impulse I would have to do it nowadays, I stop and I think, well, will this cost me my serenity? And if the answer is yes, I don't think twice about it. You know? And do you know where serenity is? daughter's middle name and her birth chart. Well, that's true. <laughs> and I can tell you two places where it's not. It ain't in the past and it ain't in the future. Oh, hell yeah. It's only in the right now, man. Like, like people really like, I try to break this down with clients and with other addicts in recovery all the time. The serenity prayer is all you need for it. You just accept things you can't change easy, right? Super easy. You have courage to change things you can. Easy. And wisdom to know the difference. Easy. Yeah, none of these are easy. None of them. They're all really hard. You have to learn how to do them like conscious effort, learn to do, remind yourself. You know, people just say the words, oh, grab me this Have you thought about it at all today? Have you thought about making a list, even mentally, of what you can and can't change? Like, what can you actually fucking change? Like, the dude who come to meetings all the time, I'm sure I've said it here, I've said it at meetings. He would always say, he'd always mumble under his breath, accept the things I cannot change, the world. Courage to change things I can, myself. That's it. Yeah. You know, like, that shit always still... I hear in my head when we say the serenity prayer. I don't hear it as much now on Zoom when we all do it, but like back when we were all in person and everybody's huddled, I always hear it in my head because we're all in unison and that's just where I'd hear it. Like, that's where I see him. And I love that he did that because that reminds me, like, I can't fuck with none of y'all. Y'all are gonna do what y'all are gonna do. All of you. 
you, my kids, the world, my mom, my job, my clients, all of y'all, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. I cannot control that shit. I can control me. I can control what I allow in. I control how I respond. And even that shit's hard. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's hard enough. It's a full-time job to control myself. You know, and I'm not even a pro at it. So, like, trying to change things I can in the world is cool. As long as I'm not losing my serenity over it. Right? X. So, that's where I'm really glad to be getting back to. Like, because when we first met... You know, I was kind of there, and then, like, I feel like I, I I like to be there for the most part. Like, I like to just be not just doing my own thing. Like, not one side of the extreme or another, but a healthy balance of, you know, keeping that... Because here's the thing, like, too much rejection and too much failure makes me makes my courage harder to do it makes it harder for me to try to change things that I can you know when when because my ego will get attached to it and my hopes do get up and and rejection does still hit hard so like there are times where I could feel myself being like well fuck it I can't change nothing anyway I'm just gonna leave it alone and protect my peace you know but maybe there is still room for more courage and more change you know and then acceptance like Acceptance is always number one, but it doesn't need to be the go-to. You know, courage still is required for the serenity. Right. I really, really appreciate that you said that. Because, yeah, it's, it's really important to know the difference. It's really important to know what you can and what you cannot do, you know? Because you can, what you can do is you can communicate things, you can address things, you can talk about things, you can remind things, um, but you can't so- tie somebody to a, down to a chair. Right. And that's the difference. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, but you shouldn't. You can tie people down to chairs, yes, you probably shouldn't. Unless they like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that could be the end. (laughs) God. Please.